Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, August 26th. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right. How's everyone doing? We made it to the end of another week. Another week done. Another week in the books. Another week in the books. Hey, look, it's almost the end of August. Can you believe this already? August is almost done. And you know, once August is done, that really means the summer's done. So we're coming down to the last the last few days of summer. The last few days of summer. Um, and uh, here in San Francisco, that means the warm weather's right around the corner. The warm weather's right. My friends on the East Coast, I've mentioned this before, they don't understand this whole thing of, of you know, why summer starts in September in San Francisco when summer is over everywhere else. When it's fall in the East Coast, it's summer here. They don't get it. And you know what? I don't think I get it. It's one of the weird things. It's one of the many weird things about living in San Francisco, a very weird place. This is probably the most weird place in the country. It really, it's not the world. It really is. You know, I'm going to get to the headline of today's show, which I think is very important to talk about because uh, very few people are talking about this. Um, and we know why, because the media is controlled by, by the left, by the Democrats. But um, I, I'm walking through, in fact, I did a little video of this today on TikTok and Twitter. I'm walking through San Francisco on Market Street, the main drag through town today, middle of the day, about 4 p.m. And in my walk, which was about five or six blocks down Market Street, I noticed it seemed to be, I could be going crazy, very possible, very likely, but I'm seeing more and more people wearing masks again. I'm seeing more and more people wearing masks. I mean, I had to see at least 10 people. And this is outdoors, of course. Many more indoors, but this is outdoors. And I saw, I passed at least 10 people that were either wearing them on their face or, you know, hanging right below their chin, which means they were wearing them at some point. And uh, by the way, I count that as you wearing a mask. Even if you don't have it on your nose or your mouth, if you have a mask hanging below your chin, it's not a normal thing. I'm not, this is not a hospital. It's not, this is not emergency room in a hospital. So I, I consider that you wearing a mask and that is abnormal. Um, if you're wearing a mask, you're wearing it. If you're not, you don't have it anywhere on your person. And so I'm thinking, you know what? At this point, I have no choice at this point, but to assume if you're wearing a mask, to assume that you are either one, sick in the head, mentally ill, or two, physically ill. You have an illness and you don't want someone to catch it or you think wearing the mask will help you not spread it. So that's that's all I can assume is that one, you're mentally ill or two, you're physically ill. So you're ill in one way or another. Either way, I don't really want you near me. If you're physically ill, you, you shouldn't, shouldn't even be out, right? Um, and if you're mentally ill, I certainly don't want you coming close to me. So that, that's all I can assume these days now. If you're wearing a mask, you're ill physically, mentally, or possibly both. That's it. There's no other assumption I can make now. In almost September of 2022, if you're wearing a mask, forget it. Something's wrong with you. And that's that would be my assumption moving forward. Um, I, I've had uh, someone on this show a few times. His name, his name on Twitter is Domestic Terrorist. That's his handle. And he lives here in San Francisco. And he's been in Israel now for the last couple of weeks. And he's sending videos. He's putting up videos from Tel Aviv. And no one is wearing a mask. Zero. Zero. 
There are no people wearing masks anymore. This would be on the streets. This would be in restaurants. This would be on public transportation at bus stops. Nobody, masks are gone. They don't exist anymore in Israel. And yet here in San Francisco, and I've heard these reports from people around the country, it would seem as though they're coming back for some reason. Now, this is not that much of a surprise because now we're getting into September and we're getting into fall flu season and people starting to get their flu shots and now they're getting paranoid again. So I would not I would not be surprised if the mask wearing ratchets up several notches between now and the fall, between now, let's say, October, November. But not in Israel, not in normal places and not in much of this country. I'd say probably 95 percent of the country is probably like Tel Aviv, right? That no one's wearing masks. But in here, places like San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York and, you know, the usual offenders, I would expect the mask wearing to tick up over the next month, two months, three months. But once again, my assumption will have to be that you're either sick in the head or you're physically ill. So just know that moving forward. Okay, let's get to the main story. Let's get to the main story of our Friday end of the week show. Um, and I should, I should revisit this next week because one thing I've noticed doing this show now and this is what? This is going to be my 192nd, show number 192. I've been doing this five days a week since late November. And one thing I've noticed, I've noticed patterns, and that is the end of the week Friday shows are usually the least attended. They're usually the least listened to live, not necessarily people listening to the repeats of it, to the, to the recorded version of it, but people listening live. And I guess it makes sense, right? Friday, Fridays, especially Friday nights when this is recorded, a lot of people are out, out and about, especially here on the West Coast. It's still early enough where people are out on a Friday night and people would rather, for some reason, for some strange reason, and I don't get this, people would rather like go out to restaurants and bars and nightclubs than listen to me. And I don't quite have that figured out. So I, anyway, I do want to revisit this next week again. And I'm sure more will come out about this over, over the weekend, but Mark Zuckerberg, was recently on Joe Rogan, the king of podcasts. He's the king. We bowed to Rogan. That, uh, and he said that Facebook, the, the algorithms, censored the Hunter Biden laptop story for seven days based on a general request from the FBI to restrict, uh, quote-unquote, election misinformation. Now, what I'll do in a minute here is, is play, the, uh, it's about a couple of minutes, uh, Zuckerberg on Rogan's show talking about this. Now, you'll, when you listen to this, you'll hear Zuckerberg say something very interesting, which is Rogan asked him like, okay, when you say you algorithmically censored it, what does that mean? And, and Zuckerberg says something to the effect of, well, we didn't totally ban it the way like Twitter did, the way Twitter, you know, banned the whole, the entire New York Post Twitter feed. They, they suspended them uh, so they couldn't post anything at all. The New York Post, one of the oldest newspapers in the country, but what Twitter would say, Facebook did was they kind of like made less people see it. Once again, proving the point, what Zuckerberg says basically is what we've all been saying and called conspiracy theorists, saying that social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook shadow ban and the, and the whack job lefties who know nothing, who've been wrong about every fucking thing over the last two and a half years, most notably COVID related, said, no, no, that's, that's right wing Trump conspiracy. There's no thing as shadow banning. It's in your head. Well, Mark Zuckerberg admitted it. They have the ability to take a story 
If Micah Chopley put up a story about Hunter Biden in that seven-day period, less people would see it. It's called shadow banning. It's a real thing. It's an absolute real thing. And once again, I'll prove it. I have 7,000, almost 7,000 followers on Twitter, which is astronomically more than the average person, which is probably like 100 followers. Not as much as like the king of podcasts, Joe Rogan, but 7,000 followers is a decent number of followers. And I'll put up a story. And it could be a good story. It's not even opinion. Let's say it's not even like a strong opinion that would turn people off. Just a good story about something. And it'll get maybe three or four retweets and maybe 10 likes. 7,000 followers. Then you see someone with 110 followers put up like a, a, a statement. I say, I, I love banana. And it'll get 5 million retweets and 575,000 likes. Okay. Which once again, that's not just me. That's across the board. You'll see people with 20, 30, 50,000, 100,000 followers putting up stories and there will be very few responses compared to people with very few followers who will put up inane things and it will get tons of retweets and tons of likes. That's because they shadow ban people. They shadow ban people who have a lot of followers who, because they don't want these stories to get traction. They don't want a lot of these stories to get traction. So they shadow ban it. They make fewer people be able to see it, which means you're going to get fewer likes and fewer retweets. This happens on Facebook. It happens on Twitter. It happens with specific tweets. It happens with specific accounts that are flagged. We know this. This is a real thing. It's not a conspiracy. And Zuckerberg admitted to it. All right. So you know what? Without further ado, let me cue this up. I'll play the... Uh, here we go. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York yeah, we Post. Too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us. And some, some folks on our team, I was like, hey um, – just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have. Um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also do this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when you um, say the distribution has decreased, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less, so fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously, this is a hyper-political issues. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement, they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something. 
then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. So he says he trusts the FBI, which of course is idiotic. But then he said it. it they didn't say like the Hunter Biden story, but this fit the pattern. So what does that mean? That means the FBI gave them some kind of general directive, right? Some kind of general directive about what sh- kind of stories to watch out for that people were spreading on Facebook. So the, the FBI said something to Zuckerberg of watch out. There are going to be some stories that people share that's going to try to skew the election or brainwash people or whatever the hell they However, how they put it, or it's misinformation. And so then Zuckerberg's team gets this Hunter Hunter Biden story. Remember, the FBI did not say, Zuckerberg just said, the FBI did not say Hunter Biden. They just said, there's some stuff you have to watch out for. Be be vigilant, whatever that means. If you see something, say something. (laughs) So then this Hunter Biden story comes, and the people at Twitter, uh, Facebook, now, we know Facebook and Twitter, the people that work there, the techies, is something like 98 to 99 percent Democrats. They've given to Democrats, not Republicans, Democrats. So then something comes out about Hunter Biden, right? So you're, you're, you're a techie at Twitter. The memo's gone around saying the FBI says, watch out, be vigilant. But they did not say a specific story. They didn't say be vigilant about the Hunter Biden story. However, the techies, the people who work at Facebook, then assume, made the assumption, made the leap that the Hunter Biden story, as Mark Zuckerberg just said, fit into that. Why would they assume that? Well, would they assume that if they were Republican? Would they assume that if they were, let's just say moderates, let's just say half-half, would they have assumed that? Would they have had a general consensus to assume that that's one of the stories the FBI was talking about? No. But because they're Democrats, this story came out. If it, let's put it this way. If it was a story, since they're all Democrats there, if a story came out after the FBI gave them this memo, this directive, if a story came out about Donald Trump's son, would they have shadow banned it? You bet your ass they would not have. They haven't shadow banned any negative stories about Trump. None. They haven't waited seven days. None. But since they're all Democrats, they get this memo from the FBI. And then a story comes out about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son that's negative, that could negatively impact Joe Biden at the time of the election. And they take it on their own to censor it, to shadow ban, even though the FBI did not say Hunter Biden. So, see, the FBI planted the seed in their head. And because they're all Democrats, a story came down that was going to hurt the Democrat running for office. And they shadow banned that story. They censored it for seven days. That's what Zuckerberg's admitting to. Could have been longer than that. And it could have been more stories, right? So that, that, there, that, there's your issue. This is not only the FBI asking for censorship. But this is the fact that all these people running Twitter, Facebook, they're all Democrats. So if they're going to censor anything, they're going to censor something that's going to hurt a Democrat. Right? Not something that's going to hurt a Republican. Something that's going to hurt a Democrat. 
and they're going to censor that, which is exactly what they did. And in their conscience, they can say, well, the FBI told us about this. See, this is exactly what the FBI was talking about, even though the FBI, according to Mark Zuckerberg's own words, never mentioned Hunter Biden. When Joe Rogan asked him, was this specifically about Hunter Biden? He said no, but that fit the narrative. So that's what you have here. You have government forced because the FBI is saying, watch out. So people can be like, oh, the FBI, we better watch out. We better do what they say. Government forced censorship. And the censorship is going to be only to hurt the Republican, help the Democrat, because all these people are Democrats. So they're going to reflexively do that, even subconsciously do that. You root for your own team. You root against the other team, right? That's what people do in life. So that's what happened here. And to not think that this is incredibly frightening is frightening in its own. That this is not getting more traction. That this is not being talked about on on mainstream news, on CNN, on MSNBC, on anything that doesn't have anything to do with Fox News or maybe podcasts or talk radio, right-wing talk radio, right-leaning talk radio. All the major networks, except Fox, are blacking. This Once again, you're getting a blackout here. You're getting a blackout. Because this is a story about censorship that hurt Donald Trump because it's a real story that wasn't let out about Joe Biden and his son. If once again, if this was about Eric Trump or Don Trump Jr., it would have been all over the place. There'd been no shadow banning. But because it was censorship, because it was about Joe Biden's son, and it could have hurt him in the election, meaning Donald Trump could have won re-election. If this story wasn't, we don't know for sure, of course, you'll never know. But we can say beyond, in some realm of, of, a, of, a, of a reason, of reasonable thought, that if this story was out there for the months leading up to the election and it had traction, it could have been the difference. It could have been the difference. And regardless if it was a difference in the election or not, this is something that should have been out there. And of course now, we saw this over a year after the election, they're saying, oh yeah, there is something about this story. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But that's the whole point. The point is the government plants the seed of censorship. And then these these left-wingers who work at Twitter and Facebook run with it. They run with it. I think that's a very important distinction. The FBI did not say, watch out for this specific story about Hunter Biden. They didn't say that. They just said there's some stuff out there. Be vigilant. Look out for it. And as soon as that Hunter Biden story got sent around Twitter and shared, it kicked in. Oh, we have to stop this. This is what they're talking about. No, not necessarily. You want it to be that. Because it's a negative story about the guy you want to win the election. It's a negative story about the guy you're going to vote for. That's why we cannot have any... First of all, we, we can't have any censorship because this is America. And we're supposed to believe in freedom here and the Constitution. But we also can't have censorship because these people are not fair about it. It's not like they are apolitical. It's like they have no political stance. These people have given money. Forget about voting. If you vote for a party, that's one thing. But when you give money to that party, 
That means you're really all in. You know, they put your money where your mouth is. They put their money in. So these people put their money on Democrats. Like, think about this, like, you know, gambling. They put their money on black or whatever. They put their money on Democrats. They're going to vote for Democrats. They're all in with Democrats. So they're not going to be fair about this. They're not. They're not going to do their own investigations to see if something is real or not. They're just going to automatically say, no, this is it. This is obvious. Look, look, this is so salacious, the story. It's got to be propaganda from Russia or whatever. Ban it. Shadow ban it. That's why this cannot be allowed. That's why when the Republicans win once again, showing how important this November election is, when Republicans win, all this stuff has to be investigated. It has to be. And this kind of censorship on social media cannot be allowed. It can't be allowed. And I know people out there are saying, well, Mike, you know, you're a libertarian now. You believe in freedom. Uh, companies, private companies, they have the freedom to do what they want. Well, that's not the case here, really, because this has become the public square. Facebook and Twitter, on their own accord, have become the public square. They have attained that. They, that's what they've always wanted, okay, to be the public square, to be where everything happens. And that, when you become the public square, then you have to abide by the Constitution. You need to abide by these rules. You're not just this little private company anymore. Okay? You can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it too. They want to be the bee's knees when it comes to opinion and and news and all that stuff that comes with social media. And popularity, they want to be that. They want to be the top. They want to be the cream of the crop. And they have become the public forum. That's what they have become. If they don't like it, they can just, these companies can just close down. But it's too much money to be made. They're not going to do that. So I think they need to abide by the rules of the Constitution, which is pretty easy. And it's a pretty easy rule to abide by. You know, it's not like this hurts, does it? To abide by like the First Amendment, freedom of speech. I don't think it's a hard thing to abide by. It's harder not to. It's harder to do what they do, which is censor and shadow ban, than just kick back and let everything go. That's easy. To be really about the free and open expression of ideas and opinions is easy. What they do is hard. It's arduous. It makes people mad. It makes people want to you know, hold hearings in front of the Senate and the House. Why do they need all that stuff? Just let it go. Let it go. Let adults decide for themselves what they believe and they don't believe. Let adults decide for themselves what they believe and what they just don't believe and discern. And adults can do their own investigations on the Google machine. They can spend five or ten minutes a day looking into stories and deciding whether they believe them or not. Or they think it's important in election or not. See, this is the pro- this is the problem with the left. Why they're always they're afraid of adults making their own decisions, right? Whether it's masks, COVID, we've been through this a million times, vaccines. They don't want adults to make their own decisions. They want to tell adults what to do. They want to tell adults what to do, and that's where we're at here. This is pure censorship. Like I said, Orwell is blushing. I don't think Orwell could have even envisioned this kind of blatant censorship. Yes, this is. This is blatant censorship. 
And it has to end. And we know the Democrats are not going to demand it end because they like it. They like it because these people are on their side. Believe me, if 98% of the techies that work at Twitter and Facebook were Republicans, Gabe's Republicans, the Democrats would be going apeshit. They'd be holding hearings left and right. But they won't because this helps them. This helps them win elections. This helps them get votes. This helps them steer people, brainwash people into believing their narrative. And we saw this happen during COVID. Forget about Hunter Biden. We saw this happen during the last two and a half years of COVID, the kind of censorship we saw, the banning. Forget about shadow banning. You were banned. You were canceled. You were eliminated for putting up anything that said the, the mainstream media narrative on COVID was wrong, that Fauci was wrong, that masks don't work, that the vaccines don't work. And everything that we were banned for and censored for has been right. We have been right. So we saw this. We saw proof of the censorship over the last two and a half years from people who give to Democrats who want to push the Democrat narrative, whatever it may be. Yes, and as we've spoken about before and people have called in and talked about before, if the Democratic narrative was that masks were, were, were voodoo, then that would have been the narrative that was put. Then if you went on Twitter and you had put that, I think everyone should wear masks, you would have been banned. You see, it all depends on what the Democrat, the left narrative is. That's the narrative that will be pushed on Twitter and Facebook. That's the narrative that if you go against it, you'll be censored and banned on. And Zuckerberg just admitted that. He just admitted it. Now, there's also the question of, which I alluded to in yesterday's show, why? Why is Zuckerberg doing this? Why is he doing this now? I mean, you could say, yes, the Biden election of 2020 is over, but there's another election coming up in 60 days. And there's another presidential election coming up after that. So I wouldn't call it too little too late. Maybe he's doing it. I mean, once again, this is we can only speculate, and I'll take your calls in about two minutes. We can only speculate, like, he wants to get ahead of possible investigation that the Republicans win, right? This is like Fauci quitting, right? They want to get ahead of the game. Knowing Republicans are going to take over and investigate this stuff, he wants to get ahead of the game, show he's being cooperating. And uh, like that line in Fargo from William Macy, I'm cooperating here. Maybe he's just, you know, he's trying to get ahead of it. Maybe he's doing this to fend off having to do this now as it's the midterm election starts to really ramp up after Labor Day. Maybe he's doing this so he can avoid putting this out there in the open. Maybe he's hoping they're not going to bother him about this anymore. They're not going to have to deal with this anymore. I, I don't know of the reasons. But this is in a way of coming clean. And, and, and why? Why at this moment did he come clean? Is it just Joe Rogan's like a good therapist? He just gets things out of people? That's possible too, you know? You do these three-hour interviews and one of the reasons why he's so popular is he gets people to say things no one else can because it's three hours and people are going to talk and they're going to let down their guard and they feel comfortable. It could just be that. It could be that simple, right? I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's interesting that Zuckerberg is admitting this because he really didn't have to, right? He hasn't all this time or he could have lied, right? And said, no, no, we don't censor anything. We could have lied and said, no, 
we don't, we know, we never talked to the FBI, we didn't do anything. He could have lied. So why did he tell the truth and why did he tell the truth now? Daniel, do you have any idea why Zuckerberg might be coming clean at this point in time? As a matter of fact, I do, Mike. <laughs> I thought you would. Good, good, good. And um, it's something that um, when, when I heard Zuckerberg um, talk about this, as you did, I immediately had the same questions as why is he doing this now? And it seemed planned. It didn't seem like uh, Rogan just, you know, got this out of him just in passing. Um, it seemed, seemed to me like, like Zuckerberg was there to um, to get ahead of something. So I, I vaguely remembered that there were some lawsuits and um, uh, uh, pending against social media companies and the government for for, for colluding together to, to suppress um, uh, speech. And, um, of course, the government can't do it by themselves, uh, but there are some people in the government, obviously, thought that thought if they – colluded with social media that doesn't count but uh they they found out um um, at least at least one lawsuit um that that is not true and and the um court a court in uh, missouri i believe it was um allowed the case to go forward and there is a case that is being um that was brought against fauci and a number of white house administration officials and five social media companies and you can be damn sure that facebook and twitter were amongst those and um, and that was the, the um, a, a July 20th and at which they had their first hearings and they were given 30 days to respond to um, subpoenas for, um, uh, um, for with respect to these allegations of collusion to suppress freedom of speech. And um, so that's 30 days. That was a few days ago. Um, and. They had um, entered the um, were are about to now enter the um, discovery phase of this trial, and you can be damn well sure that these people uh, and social media companies are very afraid now that during the discovery phase of this trial they're going to find out all kinds of interesting stuff about what they did, how how they went about um, uh, suppressing freedom of speech, because this isn't going to be. Freedom, it's not going to, it's not a trial about freedom, suppression of freedom of speech of one individual or a couple individuals. This is, is far more general suit. Um, so they're going to be, uh, the court is going to give them a lot of leeway with respect to discovery. And I think that what is going on is that Zuckerberg is trying to get ahead of that. There's going to be some really, really, really um, shitty news that comes out with respect to Twitter and Facebook's involvement in this. He's trying to get ahead of that. He's uh, he's he's probably going to fail. Um, once it comes out, it's, it comes out, and um, I don't think he's really going to be able to put a, um, a uh, uh, paint. A, I don't think the pig uh, the pig with the lipstick is going to look any better with lipstick. So you don't think it's you don't think he's just cleansing his soul then? Huh? No, no, no. This was this was planned. The way he spoke yesterday, it all seemed very planned. It seemed like him him and his uh, team uh, got around, sat around, and thought, okay, this is uh, we're, we're we're into this discovery phase of this trial right now, and um, things are going to come out. Um, how do how do we manage this? And they probably just decided that to, that he needs to get out in front of it and try to create their own story first. Interesting. Well, I, I think that's a, a good possibility, the getting out in front of things. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But, I mean, so he's saying the FBI told them to watch out, right? And then he, he makes it clear to Rogan 
that oh I I, li- I trust the FBI. I mean the FBI. I mean they've got they've got their stuff together. They're a very legitimate uh, agency, you know. And blah, blah, blah. So basically, he's he's almost saying that it's the he's putting the he's obviously putting the onus on the FBI, right? He's saying the FBI told me to do this, told us to do this, to watch out for this. Therefore, the FBI is legitimate. The FBI is powerful. The FBI knows what they're doing, and so we did it. That's why we did it. Which pretty much then. What he's trying to do is say it's not really our responsibility, right? It's not we, we didn't do anything wrong. We just follow, follow you know we're just following orders. Where have we heard that before? Right? Yep, yep. And and, and and he and his lawyers have to know that what they did was totally, totally freaking illegal and a total violation of our freedom of speech. If they would have done it by themselves as a company, which they do frequently. All these social media companies do this frequently and throttle down people's speech. We know, we know that for certain. If they would have done it by themselves, then it wouldn't have been a violation of freedom of speech because they're a private company. Um, but the government went to them and, and asked them basically to throttle things down, and they responded in the affirmative. So they colluded with the government to suppress our freedom of speech, and that is 100% unconstitutional. Absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt about it. No, but of course, the, the, the bigger question here, and I think we know the answer to this, is why this is getting like near zero coverage. It's getting near zero coverage. To me, in, in, in a normal society, we would see, this would be explosive. I mean, this is huge. This is huge. This is Zuckerberg, the guy who runs Facebook, admitting to censorship. Admitting that the FBI told him to is telling them to look out for certain things so they can censor them. Yeah, it may be that um, the news organizations are, are smart enough to know that there is a, another shoe that is about to fall soon, and they might just wait be waiting for that shoe to fall before they um, start covering the thing in earnest. Well, I, it, I but I don't know about that. I mean, because once again, if this was a if this was a story about. Facebook or Twitter covering up for Donald Trump, right? Covering up for Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump. We know the mainstream media would be all over this. Of then course they would. They'd be all of course over they would. They'd be, yeah. they'd be calling for Zuckerberg's head. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that there's, there isn't double standards, or of course is, but um, they are being very, they're exercising their due diligence very um, uh, conscientiously when it comes to Democrats but not when it comes to Republicans. Right. And, and, and I think that we are now entering a stage here where we know that they're trying to do this again for the midterm elections, right? Yep. We know they're trying to do this in midterm elections. They, they want to help Democrats as much as they can. And once the midterm elections are over, they'll just turn to the 2024 election where they'll put all the energy against whoever the Republican nominee is, right? And this is something that we have seen over and over again. So at some point, and once again, I hope it's that Republicans win in November and start having these hearings next year. But at some point, we're going to have to really address this because forget fake Russian misinformation crap that the left hat likes to come up with all the time. This is the real problem here. This actually can turn elections. When you eliminate an entire story about the guy who's running Sun who the guy calls the smartest person he's ever met. You have to believe that this is simply, basically, big government 
whatever government's in power controlling one side, the, controlling the narrative. And when it comes to the media, it's always going to be in favor of the left because most of them are on the left. So at some point, if we don't really crack down on this, this is going to be a problem for a long time. It's going to be a problem for a long time in really changing the, the, the arc of, of election cycles. So at some point, this has to be looked at and has to be stopped. There has to be legislation that stops this from happening. And the point that that should have happened was many yesterdays ago. We look look at the harm done during COVID. I know you look really exactly right. The harm exactly. done during COVID with the censorship of actual real doctors and actual real information that could have ended up saving lives, saving lives, and it was totally censored and shadow banned, and people were banned and eliminated. Like, like Alec Berenson was eliminated and banned for over a year simply for telling the truth about masks and vaccines, stuff that we now know is absolutely the truth. It's really, it's really something, isn't it? It's really it something is. that we can have American companies that think that this is okay to do to the American people. Well, and like I said, it has to be addressed. And I hope it is. And I said, the only way it'll get addressed is if Republicans win in November. The only way any of this is going to get addressed and the left can bitch and moan and complain all they want, but it has to be done. So there's, there's, there's reason number 5,672 to vote for Republicans, even if you never have. before. It it may not be the only way. Like I said, there's, there's um, at least one lawsuit, freedom of speech lawsuit that's out there. So, um, and and it's, 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 with respect to suppression of freedom of speech, um, specifically with respect to COVID. And um, so there may be um, interesting discovery about this collusion that has been going on between social media and um, and the government. And there may be interesting discovery in particular about um, in, what, in what ways they tried to guide the COVID conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, um, Daniel, hope, thanks. Thanks, so. thanks for the call, Daniel. I'll, yep, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're hopeful. I don't know if I'm hopeful. We'll see how we'll see how hopeful I am. We'll see how hopeful I am. I'm not positive about that, Daniel. Oh boy. Hey, Cheech, what's going on tonight? What's happening, Mike? How you doing, man? How you doing? So, your theory on um, on <clears throat> on the, the FBI's uh, Machiavellian trick of just kind of planting the seed and knowing that the uh, the internal sentiment of the employees at Facebook would automatically like it would just as soon as they saw the the Hunter Biden story, they would automatically think that was the misinformation they were talking about because of their their natural bias. Right. Is is absolutely it's it's spot on. It's a hundred percent spot on because I used to work for one of the big tech companies and they all I mean it's like ninety percent blue. Um and anybody that's that leans libertarian or on the red side of the fence, they don't say anything. Right. And, right. Uh, and, and they discuss, you know, they get, they have political discussions all the time out in the open. I mean, when Trump was still president, they were shitting all over him. And not that I had a real problem with that. It's just, you know, it's so one-sided and um, like I used to joke, Hey man, I'm going to come to, I'm going to come to work with the MAGA hat on just to video people's responses. <laughs> and yeah, that's you know. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I, I, I never ended up doing it. But I, I, I wanted to try it so badly. And I, you know, I don't even like Trump, but it was it would have just been a great gag, you know. But it's pretty. That's pretty Machiavellian on the FBI's, um, you know, in their ability to scheme like that. That's some serious psyops. Uh, level well, stuff so yeah that's that's you know the zuckerberg thing of like oh the fbi they're beyond i mean they're the best agency ever it was so important they're so they're such a great i mean it's nonsense that they do play these games the fbi and the cia have played these games through through, through the ages we know they can do this we, we this is well they played they yeah they played it really really well like just from a purely like analytical standpoint because they didn't say hey this particular story is the one you want to squash. They just were able to plant the seed if, if what Zuckerberg says is true. And they knew just because of the political leanings of 90% of the company that they would right. censor that particular story. Yeah, right. it's, it's, it's pretty brilliant when you think about it, but uh, absolutely 1984 level frightening. Um, right. And then, then they can't be like – then Zuckerberg can't – as Joe Rogan probed him, Zuckerberg then can't – the FBI is smart enough where Zuckerberg can't say, oh, the FBI said Hunter Biden's story, right? Because then it looks even mm. worse for the FBI if you say, "Oh, there's a particular story that they told us to censor and watch out for." Then it looks really bad, right? But if it right. the FBI said, "Oh, there are some things we should think we should look for," then it kind of, you know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't seem as bad. But we know how it's even yeah, worse in a way, like also, you said, because it's so Machiavellian. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also it's also pretty well known by now that um, Facebook employees, I think, ex CIA and FBI. Uh, employees you know um they have them on the payroll so there's some internal connections there already and there's the other the other point i wanted to make is yeah uh there's no way that that zuckerberg goes on the joe rogan podcast to just empty his mind like that's not the situation like that is completely calculated you don't go on the most downloaded podcast of all time to just kind of uh, shoot the shit because you now have an interest in mixed martial arts and you want to shoot, you know, shoot the shit with Joe. <laughs> like, right. like he, he knew what he was getting into. Like that's all calculated. And I'm sure he planned a long time for that conversation. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's a three hour conversation. It just takes, you know, a couple hours for him to start to, to loosen people up and things slip out. But yeah, there's no way that he did that without some kind of motive behind it. Yeah, there's no fucking way. No way. He's one of the richest, he's one of the richest most powerful guys in the world. Yeah. And powerful in controlling, like, you know, a social media platform that almost everybody is on. Right. So. Exactly. No, it's 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 obvious, like I said, that he um, he has something planned. And it, it, as Daniel brought up, I think it's, it's, it is very much trying to get ahead of something, trying to get ahead of lawsuits, trying to get ahead of the the investigations that will be coming up in, you know, next year. And, you know, um, I think once again, he wants to try to say, we had no, the, the FBI said we need to look out for this. So we're just doing what the FBI said, you know, we just put two and two together and the FBI said, look out for these stories. And this, this really odd salacious story comes down about Joe Biden's son. And so we put two and two together and uh, there you go. And there you go. But I think it goes much deeper than this. We have to look, I don't know if I believe him on the seven day thing. I don't know if I believe that at all. But um, we have to look at this. We have to look at Twitter, right? We have to look at what Twitter did. To, what Twitter did to the New York Post needs an investigation of its own, don't you think? I mean, banning absolutely them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, basically, the basic basically the state is able to utilize these companies as a propaganda arm. Um, 
in, in a really powerful way. So that's really dangerous. Um, you know, they, they try to scare everybody and say, oh, it's it's the uh, the Russians that are, you know, the Russian bots that are causing all the problems on social media. But yet, I think Alex Berenson was on Joe Rogan um, just recently talking about how he's got evidence that they uh, they directly were pressuring Twitter to get him off the platform because of all the COVID shit that he was right. Right. He was exposing. So. Absolutely. I don't know if you listen to that, but you should definitely give it a listen. I will. And, you know, Alex Burns had to go to court in order to get placed back on Twitter. I mean, it's like I said, when, when you take them to court, like when you take Joe Biden to court, whenever you take them to court, like Gavin Newsom, they lose because they know what they're doing is illegal. They just try to get away with it for as long as they can. That's what they do. They just try to get away with it for as long as they can. And when you take them to court, they lose. Newsom lost on the churches. Biden lost on the OSHA. Biden will lose on this when this is brought to court. But with, with the OSHA, with the with the uh, the uh, student loan debt forgiveness, he'll lose that. You know. So and of course, like like uh, like Daniel said, if you brought this, if if this stuff makes it to the Supreme Court, which it should, the censorship on 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 Twitter and Facebook, they're going to lose also. So it's just a matter of really taking them to court, and maybe that is one thing, like Daniel said, that Zuckerberg trying to get ahead of. He's got to be. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Be. You know. Hey, Cheech, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Yeah, man. Yeah. All okay. right. You too. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, just a couple of quick things I wanted to go over before we uh, head into the weekend. This is absolutely insane. Think about this. Here's Kathy Hochul. I like to call her the Wicked Witch of the East. The Wicked Witch of the West is Barbara Farrar, the L.A. health czar. This is Kathy Hochul talking about the decisions to have the kids go to go home and work remotely. Let's see wow. if I can. This is like 10 here. The decisions were made to have all the kids go home and learn remotely. Wow. Wow. What a mistake that was. <laughs> so she, here's the governor of New York, the governor of New York, who continues to push these crazy things, saying, oh, that decision. Oh, that decision who listen, to, to make kids go home and work remotely and not go to school, close the schools. Who made that decision, Kathy? Who was it? Was it Ron DeSantis? No, you see. So I guess what you're saying is all the Democratic governors did it wrong and Ron DeSantis did it right, right? That's what you're saying, right? Because you're saying it was a horrible decision and Ron DeSantis didn't do that. Ron DeSantis left the schools open. So, Kathy, you're saying Ron DeSantis was right again, and you and your Democratic colleagues were 100% wrong again. Fauci was wrong again. DeSantis was right again. It's really amazing. These people have the gumption to talk now as though they didn't do this stuff, as though there wasn't a governor in this country that did it the other way. No one, had, no one would have thought of not doing it that way, except someone did. And his name is Ron DeSantis. These people are so disgusting. How can anyone vote for a Democrat now? Seriously, how can anyone vote for a Democrat now? You've got to be the most brainwashed moron to vote for Democrats in this cycle. You have to be a brainwashed moron masochist who wants more, wants more pain. Speaking of Ron DeSantis, he just removed four school board members from office because they weren't doing their job. Because they were doing things like pushing critical race theory, 
maybe teaching gender switching to, to six-year-olds. You know the stuff. You know the stuff these school board members are for. Doing stuff they weren't elected to do. Just as Ron DeSantis recently replaced a district attorney for not following the law, for not applying the law. And so people are complaining, oh, this is a, this is a fascist. They were democratically elected and he replaced them with his allies. What a fascist he is. Well, these people are such morons because that's actually the job of a governor. The governor has oversight. Okay? The liberal, crime-loving, Soros-backed DAs are also a democratically elected. Like the ones in New York. Like Alvin Bragg. All right? Like here, Chesa Boudin and George Gascon. Yet the governor has the right to replace them also. That's the right of the governor. They serve the governor. If they're not doing their job they were elected for, the governor has the right and should replace them. Because that's called, uh, what's the word? Oversight. Okay? That's called uh, accountability. Something I know the left doesn't have. Not replacing the school board members because it isn't like their looks, because they're white or black or Latin or young or old or Democrats. He's replacing them because they're not doing their job. When you're not doing your job, which is to teach kids, to teach, to teach, to make sure kids can learn, have the schools open. Maybe these board members are for the closing of the schools and for kids learning by Zoom, as many of them have been over the last two and a half years. They need to go. The fact of the matter is it doesn't matter. The governor has the right. That's the right of the governor. That's not abusing his power. That's his power. Just like Kathy Hochul, the Wicked Witch of the East, who all of a sudden realizes how horrible it was to close the schools, has the right to fire someone like Alvin Bragg and liberal DAs who don't do their jobs. Who, Who when someone punches a guy in the back of the head, causing them to fall and crack their head, and the police charge him with attempted murder, which is what it should be, and they lower it to a misdemeanor with no bail, they have a right to fire those DAs. Because they're not doing the job they were elected to do, which is to protect the people and to prosecute criminals to the fullest extent of the law. Okay? And they're democratically elected, and the governor in one second can fire their asses and has every right to. But Kathy Hochul doesn't have the courage to do that, and she believes in what they're doing. That's why she won't do it, no matter what she says, no matter what little game she plays of getting the guy, this one guy on the parole violation, because it became a big public issue, which she never would have done if it didn't become a big public story. She has the right to fire them, but she believes in their ideology. She has the same crazy left-wing Soros-backed ideology, because she's Soros-backed also, that the district attorneys have. So she won't fire them. But a real governor would. Ron DeSantis would. <laughs> it's really amazing. These people call Ron DeSantis an autocrat. Ron DeSantis, the guy who left the schools open, as Kathy Hochul just admitted. The guy that left schools open. The guy that let businesses do business. The guy that let people live their lives. The guy that let people decide whether they wanted a vaccine or not and didn't punish them by not getting a vaccine. This is the autocrat, not the Democrats who did all these horrible things to us. Are these people serious? Are they serious people? The answer is no. The answer is no. They're not serious people. I mean, it's just... 
it's it's really mind blowing. But look, this this is this is where we are. There's no common sense in the Democrat Party. The Democrats have zero common sense. Zero common sense. They are the party of letting criminals go free, making the rest of us prisoners to criminals. Allowing teachers to teach our kids that being white is bad. Make them feel bad for being white. Teaching our kindergartners about sex change. This is what the left wants. This is what the left wants. And the reason why these people need to be fired is because they none of them have the fucking balls to run on these things. You don't see these people running on these things, right? When someone runs for district attorney, and even, even the liberal place, do they say, we're going to let criminals go free? No, no, I don't believe in putting people in jail. I believe that if, you know, for attempted murder should be assault. I don't believe in, in, in prosecuting criminals for full extent of law. I, I like giving them leeway, especially if they're black or brown. They need leeway because they come from poor families and they, we need to let them out easy. Do they run on that? Do, do they ever run on that? Do the school board members run on teaching kindergartners about critical race theory, making five-year-olds feel bad for being white, teaching six or seven-year-olds about trans, transgender and getting sex changed? Do they run on that? Does anyone run on that? Say, this is what we're going to do. This is what this is. This is the main thing. We, we need reading, writing and teaching about critical race theory and transgender studies. Do they say that? Do they run on that? No, they don't run on that because they know they fucking lose. Because most people have common sense. So they don't run on that. So they are elected, but they're not doing the job. They're not doing the job they were elected to do. They're not running the job they run on. I've heard people in New York saying, oh, this DA ran on the No, no, Alvin Bragg ran on being tough on crime. Of course he did, because that's what people want to hear. If he, if, he ran, if he ran on being weak on crime, he would have lost. But he ran on being tough on crime. But he lied, and he's not doing his job. So the governor should fire his ass. Because he won under false pretenses. These people win under false pretenses. The governor has the right to fire their ass. You're a DA, you prosecute criminals. You're a school board member, you make sure the schools are open and the kids learn the basics. That's it. That's your job. That's all. That's, and Ron DeSantis is one of the only governors who have the, the, the courage, the cojones, to have some accountability and oversight and do what needs to be done. And the left can cry all they want about, oh, how it's so autocratic. He's such a fascist. These people wouldn't know the fucking word. They hit them right in the face. The fascists have been hitting them in the face for two and a half years. And they think they're, they're great, courageous Democrats, righteous Democrats who are protecting our health, protecting our health and welfare. Give me a break. Once again. I said you have to be sick in the head to vote Democrats. Well, these people are sick in the head. There are enough of them. Let's hope there aren't enough of them to win. But they are out there. They are the people who are still wearing masks in San Francisco. They're out there for everyone to see. Come to San Francisco and see them. They're here. They're all over the place. But I got to be optimistic, right? Daniel's optimistic, so I have to be 
I have to be optimistic. So fine, I'll be optimistic. And say we're going to win big in, in, in November. Because there's really, at this point, folks, there's really like no no other choice, right? There's no other choice. If we want some real accountability, you know, if we want parents to have control over their kids' education, that's another thing these school board members are doing. They're, not, they're, 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 they're treating parents as, as domestic terrorists. You see these meetings, right? You see these meetings where they're not treating parents, parents with the dignity and respect that they deserve as their children. You know, we need school board members who realize that parents have the control over their children's education. It's not them, it's not the government, it's the parents. I can only, I, I can only imagine my, my grandparents, my grandparents, if their kids came back, you're going back into the 40s, 50s, 60s, and their kids came back from school and said they learned that being white is bad. They, they, their, their, their eight-year-old learned about, uh, about you know, transgender, sex change, just you know, questioning whether they're male or female or not at that age. I can only imagine what these the hell these teachers would have gotten from my grandparents and many, many grandparents out there. This would have been unthinkable, unthinkable, forty years ago, fifty years ago, unthinkable. And now this, these parents go to the school, these school board meetings and they talk about this and they complain about it and they're called domestic terrorists and the government backs them. The government backs them. People like Merrick Garland, that weak loser, backs them. Oh, boy. Well, look, I wanted to be light on Friday. It wasn't really, not ending on a light note. I'm trying to see how can I end, how can I end on a light note? I don't think I can. I don't think there's any way. Look, look, we're, we're at a point now where where uh, every day it's something else, right? Every day it's something else. And we're going to have to fight. We're really going to have to fight to change. Maybe I can leave you with this for the weekend. We really have to fight hard in order to get the world and society we want, which is one that's just and fair and runs on common sense and run by people that have common sense. And really flush out those that don't have common sense. Right? And I'll go back to what a lifelong Democrat, Bill Maher, has said many times over the past several months. The Democratic Party is now the party of no common sense. That's why they're losing people. That's why they're hemorrhaging voters. Because they're the party of no common sense. And all they do, these people, is watch CNN and watch MSNBC and believe everything they hear. They think Herschel Walker beats all of his wives. And Raphael Warnock's a great guy. That's what they believe. They believe this crap because I hear it from my liberal friends and family. Oh, Herschel Walker, he beats his wife, he beats women. When it was kind of Raphael Warnock who, just before he ran for office, who got into an altercation with his wife. See, all they care about is what they hear, the lies they hear on MSNBC, that Trump has these paper, oh, the papers they, they, they found in his, uh, in his residence, oh my God, how to build a nuclear weapon, he's going to get in China, him and China in cahoots and kill everybody. These people believe that. These people on MSNBC say the most horrible things, the most ridiculously, talk about tinfoil hat conspiracy things about Donald Trump. He's, they're so fucked up with Trump derangement syndrome. They say the most ridiculously wacko things. And the Democrats, the liberals who watch it, 
believe it. They believe it. So this is what we're fighting against. This is what we're fighting against. We need common sense back in politics. We need common sense back in the media. We need accountability. All right. Well, you know what? I hope everyone has a a really... Oh, you know what? I'm going to end on a light note. Don't go away. I'll end on a light note. I want to tell a story, a quick story. This is good. Uh, I feel better about ending the week this way. A couple of days ago, I'm walking down the street here in San Francisco, walking near Chinatown. I see a guy on the phone, a black guy on a cell phone. I know that guy. I know that guy. He's an actor. I couldn't, I couldn't place it. And I walk past him and I'm going crazy the entire time. It was a black guy. So I go on Google and I, uh, I Google black actors. They say black TV actors. I think, I think he's on TV and all these names come up like a hundred names. I said, it's not him. Who the hell is this guy? And I get home and I'm racking my brain and racking my brain. Finally, the TV show, this is us appears in my head. And I realized it was Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. So I pass him in Chinatown. So I go on, on Twitter. And this is, the, this is actually the good thing. Actually, this whole show is about how bad social media is. This is the good thing about social media. I go on and I look up Sterling K. Brown. I say, oh, maybe he's on Twitter. And he is. And so I send him a message. I say, did I just see you near Chinatown in San Francisco? And the next day, he likes it. He, <laughs> so I figured that's a yes. So it was Sterling K. Brown, who I saw, where was it? It was basically right by Chinatown here in San, like Bush and Grand Street on his cell phone. Very nice Dolce Gabbana sneakers, by the way. Um, so that's my light story. You don't really see many celebrities in San Francisco. And it's so odd. It's like L.A. and New York where you see them all the time. And so when you see someone here, you really have to think, is that really... Is that really that? Is that really a celebrity? Is that someone who looks like celebrity? But no, but it was Sterling K. Brown. Anyway, that's my that, that I'll leave you with that. We'll leave on a light note. Uh, the name of this podcast is "And Let's Be Heard." I'm Mike Chopley, and remember, always remember: vote Democrats out of office, vote them out now. Everyone have a great, great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday night. Have a good one.